Thanks for pressing play on episode 127 of A-Sides. I'm Andy, and it's no secret that I'm a fan of The Great Affairs. I love going to see those guys. I've traveled across several state lines to see them. I also love having them here on A-Sides. Like, I recently had Denny on to talk about the first few Warrant albums. Well, now I've got Rizzo, the guitar player, on to discuss Dio. He's a huge fan of Vivian Campbell's guitar playing I'm a huge fan of Dio, so it seemed like the perfect guest to dive into the first four studio albums from Dio. Holy Diver from 83 all the way until Dream Evil from 1987. And it's pretty fitting too because the Dio documentary Dreamers Never Die is going to get released this September. So we're kind of talking about Dio, the albums, and all of our favorite songs all in this episode. Hopefully you enjoy episode 127 of A-Sides. Look, it's rock and roll! And... Cue music. Ladies and girls, can I have your attention, please? This year, we have a very special guest performing the South Park Elementary Bay of Pigs Memorial Dance. He was a musical force in the 70s and 80s. Please welcome Ronnie James Dio! Are you ready to rock, boys and girls? I said, are you ready to rock? Uh, uh, sure, uh, I guess. Then let's hit it! I know you all remember this one. It's off my first solo album. The song that you all helped me make number one. Holy diver, you've been down too long in the midnight sea. Oh, what's becoming of me? Thanks for doing this again with me. We've done quite a few of these podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fun, so, man. Yeah. I, I love watching all the stuff you're doing, man. I still have to listen to the art uh, art one, but uh, good to see you getting some bigger and bigger names, man. It's awesome. Yeah, man. I got to thank you for that one in a way because like you told me to talk to Freddie and then I talked <laughs> to him and then even saw those guys play, was it January last year? Yeah, And after the show, I was given Freddie a Great Affair shirt, and he was like, he was standing next to Art. I think Art was talking to somebody, and I was like talking to Freddie, and he goes, you have to talk to him. And he's pointing to Art, and I'm like, dude, no, I don't know. I think I went like that. But then, like, in the winter, I just decided to ask him. I was like, what would I have to do to talk to Art? And he put me in touch with their manager. That's awesome, I kind of went through some steps, so um, thank you. Freddie is one of the nicest guys, so. He really is. Let's let's fire it up, man. All right. I even noticed that yesterday, I guess we didn't actually plan this because you said Tuesday or Friday, but yesterday was actually Dio's birthday. Oh, was it? My 10th. Yeah. Oh, well, cool. Yeah. So it's kind of almost good timing. Yeah. It's kind of weird, though. Like they like I thought it was weird that they put out Holy Diver, I guess the reissue last year, and it wasn't for the anniversary of the album, but they did it for his 80th birthday, I think. That's why it was okay. last year and not this year. That makes sense. Year. That makes sense. Yeah, because that was 83 for the album. So I kind of yeah. thought that was weird, but now it makes like a lot more sense. 
So I got to ask you to start off. When did you when did Dio come on your radar? Was it the radio or MTV or it was MTV? It was the Rainbow in the Dark video. Like a lot of people, I didn't see him live until the well, it was the Dream Evil tour. So it had to be around 87, 88. It was yeah. him. It was him and Megadeth. They were on the So Far So Good So What, and then Sabotage. It was the Hall of the Mountain King tour. So it was those three bands. Oh, awesome! It was all. It was awesome. So, but that was the first time I had a chance to see him. So I never got a chance to see Vivian with him, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love Vivian. So I've still. I don't think I've ever seen Vivian Campbell play ever. Really? Seen Snake multiple times. He wasn't in it when I saw him with them. I haven't seen Last in Line yet. And what? They're out again, but they're not coming to Nashville. I mean, that's the thing. It's, there's a lot of bands that just skip Nashville. So, it's you know, a lot of bands will come here, but there's quite a few they'll skip. So, so I haven't had a chance to see him, and I've never, you know, I'm in the Def Leppard tribute band, but I don't think I've ever, that Def Leppard's also a band I've never seen live. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, I've never seen, as much as I'm a fan of Vivian, I've never seen him play. So, uh but yeah, the rainbow in the dark. I mean, after that, just all the videos, you know, I mean, kind of the whole Dungeons and Dragons yeah. thing, you know, it was kind of kind of cool at at that age. I mean, you know, what was it like 84-ish when that well when the album came out, 83. I think I think we got MTV in 84. So it's like those were the videos that were in rotation. Now you look back to a little, little cheesed out, but but everything <laughs> everything was back then. So yeah, like the Holy Diver video. I haven't watched it recently, but I just remember this. He looked like uh he looked like he had furry UGG boots. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they were like at least maybe I'm thinking the right was it that was it Rainbow in the Dark or was it Holy Diver? I think Holy Diver he's got the boots and he's swinging the sword, but then I think yeah, the blue Rainbow in the like Dark, blue. he's on the roof. Right, but one of them he's wearing like blue boots or something like that. They're like blue leather, yeah. But yeah. I know what you're saying, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's when pretty- I mean it came on my radar right when he first came out. My dad was a huge Sabbath fan, but you know, growing up as a kid, I think my dad only had mostly the Ozzy records, so I wasn't aware of Black Sabbath Dio stuff until I found out about Dio and then backtracked. Yeah, because there wasn't like you didn't have Wikipedia like there is right. now or like Google. I had my dad's record collection and it included the first couple Black Sabbath albums. So it was yeah. just like, well, that's what I knew. I do remember you from one of the podcasts we recorded. You said that you did see that Dio show on uh, what Dream Evil. And you said there's a big spider that came down. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, the guitar player shot it down with like lasers and <laughs> <laughs> It was cool, you know. That I remember at the beginning too, the drum riser I think went up and there was like this laser 3D kind of Dio that he came out of, you know. It was kind of it was it was cool. Oh, it was, cool. It was a it was a cool show. So you said you were kind of on board with the videos from the Holy Dive round, but did you buy it yourself back then? You know, as strange as it is, my my parents would let me buy Kiss, but I couldn't have ACDC. So I, I think at that point the album covers alone. I was just like, I'm not even going to bother asking you know, a priest being yeah. drowned. <laughs> so, so no, I don't think so. I think when I finally started buying tapes, 
it was that the the fourth album. So I think that was the first Dio thing I had, the Sacred Heart, the one I went to the tour. Oh yeah. Um so uh, that's what I or not Sacred Heart. Um Dream Evil. Dream yeah. Evil, yeah. Dream Evil's the one I bought on cassette. I think I may have had Sacred Heart though, now that I'm thinking of it. So I remember the album cover. So I think that was the first one. I didn't buy the first two until later on. You had mentioned too the whole Dungeons and Dragons thing. Yeah. And that's something I wrote down too. It's like all the songs are about swords and dragons and rainbows and like dreams. Like and chicks. it's all like good versus evil. <laughs> yeah. Some interesting lyrical content. Like I said, there as we go down some of these, you know, we'll we'll talk about. And it was it was good listening to these because I haven't listened to most of these in a while. I mean, Holy Diver I've listened to in the, the recent, especially when that reissue came out, I, which I love that Joe Barisi Baresi. Yeah, that mix is I think it's killer, but I haven't listened to four of them in a row. And it was interesting to watch the progression and now look back so many years later and be like, ooh, that was an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you mean like the keyboard stuff, how it kind of progressed into more keyboardy. Yeah. So there was something I was actually going to ask you to before we get into the albums. I did not know this. But it said it on Wikipedia, so it could be true or it could not be true. Right, it could be a complete lie. Uh, but it <laughs> said that initially, like when Dio was getting this solo band together, he had auditioned Jakey Lee. Huh. And he only rehearsed with the band for like a month. And I was like, seriously, I didn't know that. So then I went to Jakey Lee's Wikipedia page, and it said the same thing. Yeah. And it actually said that Jakey Lee... He said Dio was instructing him to play block chords, and he didn't want to play block chords. Right. Well, that's why he didn't stick around in the band. But what are block chords? Like, I never it probably heard means power chords, which are just like the Black Sabbath two finger, you know, oh, okay. Iron Man, dur, 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 you know, real simple chords. Because Jakey Lee was, if you listen to some of that Ozzy stuff, he wrote some weird chord structures and had some weird yeah. stuff going on. So I'm, I'm sure, but you know. Listening to Vivian, I don't feel like he was made to do that. I mean, there's times when that's necessary in Dio's music, but I mean, Ozzy's stuff has a ton of that too. Maybe not huh. Jake, but uh, but I can hmm. see, you know, all of Jake's material, very little of it has that kind of thing. So makes sense. Okay, yeah, because I'd never heard of a block chord, and I never even heard of that thing. About yeah, I think they probably mean a power chord is what yeah. we would call them. I didn't know if he was trying chord. to like block him from doing something. Oh. Don't, like, don't shred here where I'm singing. Right. Well, you never know. On this first album, are there any songs that stand out other than the obvious, like Holy Diver and Rainbow in the Dark, which were like the big those videos are, and hits? Those are probably some, I, I wouldn't say my least favorite, but I mean, Stand Up and Shout is still, I mean, I wrote top 10 debut album opener of all time to me. I'm debut album coming out getting hard the lyrical kind yeah. of, I mean it's just like I mean you want to go you know yeah. so that's one of my favorites I think Gypsy was another one I really like it's it's got a cool solo section and I don't know what it is but I listened to it multiple times and Ronnie's voice that guy could sing like opera or what if you listen to that song and listen, it's it sounds like that guy ate razor blades before he his voice is so. <laughs> I mean, the grit that he gets on that song is just probably the coolest out of all of them. That's my favorite tone of his voice. 
this album kind of it's just kind of the norm for a lot of these i feel like as it went it got less and less my favorite but this one's pretty strong i think caught in the middle and i i put this on there there every record has a mainstream tune like a yeah. like we want to make it which is surprises me that was never a single but caught in the middle to me you know it has the halftime pre-chorus the or and the chorus itself is super catchy i mean it's it would have been the hit in my mind but uh, yeah really that is it's like very like amped up or something it's almost got yeah. that kind of like like journey or something i don't know yeah i mean it's like that, that kind of thing like i said the aor top four like it was like yeah. this could this could maybe make it into that if you know you did the 80s thing where you pull out the guitar solo or you know <laughs> something like that Yeah, that one's great. What about you? One that really stood out to me, like going back to this one, was like, don't talk to strangers. And I like yeah. how it kind of starts out kind of soft, like, like don't talk to strangers. And then yeah. it like, rah, you just like a growl thing and it kind of goes into that. Yeah, I put great intro, starts falsetto and gets dirty, dirtier until... He does that big down <laughs> and it's just yeah straight through the heart there's another one that drum fill at the top it's that mid-tempo little yeah. thing with the little gaps changes keys they were really cool with that kind of thing and i, I don't know if I, I probably should have wrote down who wrote the songs uh because i know some of them was uh, i know yeah. jimmy bain was a big part of some of that stuff like I, have you ever heard the story i think when he passed couple of them were talking about when they recorded rainbow in the dark and that keyboard thing and they were like it needs something and jimmy bain was always like apparently had a drink in his hand of smoke and was half in the bag you know oh he really just like walked over the keyboard and doo -dee -dee -doo -doo -dee, played that like just off the cuff hammered they were like that's it you oh, know shit. he's just that guy that could just pull shit out of his ass you know oh, <laughs> He did work with Jimmy Bain a lot. Like he was in and out of the band and then what he was in Rainbow too. Yeah. I don't know much about that guy, but he just, had, he's a presence on stage. He just always look cool. Even when those last few shows you see with Last in Line where you know he's close to the end yeah. and he still just has this like thing to him. You know, he plays it real low and, and sings his butt off. So, hmm. but who wrote, don't, does it say on there the don't talk to strangers? Um, all right, don't talk to strangers is end of side one. It was just Dio, it was just credited to Dio. It was okay. But there are a few that are Dio Campbell and then the whole band. Yeah. And then just Dio. Like uh you mentioned caught in the middle. That was Dio, Apathy, and Campbell. So all yeah. three of them. I just didn't know if Bane had written anything on this record, but Rainbow in the Dark is all four of them. So maybe okay. he got a credit for the little thing you're talking I'm sure about. he did. I mean, yeah. that's a huge part of that song. Yeah. Here's something nerdy that I did. Yeah. So off air before like we recorded this when we were talking about it, I jokingly said, I'm going to keep track of all the instances of rainbows and all the songs. Oh. And it'll be like 75. So I didn't get to that many on the count. I just did rainbow, just the instance of that. So uh -huh. uh, there's only one instance actually on this album, which is just that song, Rainbow in the Dark. And I only okay. counted it as one. I'm not counting like... 
each time he says time rainbow. He says okay. Yeah, because that would almost be like, I don't know. Rainbow in the dark, rainbow in the dark, rainbow in the right. dark. I don't know. I'm not gonna like, you know, count that 12 times or something. <laughs> but so I only had one for um this album, which was kind of shocking to me. But then uh, talking about don't talk to strangers, I wrote down some lyrics that stood out to me. And I really like that thing where he's like, don't smell the flowers. They're an evil drug to make you lose your mind. Don't yeah. dream of women because they'll only bring you down. down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, I think when we talked about that, I said the other one is dream or dreams. Like it's in. Yeah, that's even what I was thinking. It. I did this at the end. I was like. Yeah, dream and like chains. He does chains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, this album as a whole, it just sounds like a band, like they're just on fire. You can tell they're new in a room, yeah. they're having fun, they're kicking ass. I mean, at this point, they're a four piece. There's no, I mean, Claude Schnell isn't in the band. So there's very little keys other than the few little bits and pieces, you know, it's just dark in your face rock and roll. And, yeah, and Vivian, he, he just would go off, you know? It was just these parts where it's like this really cool thing. And then... <laughs> and and But it's always really cool and unique. Like he's... There's a lot of guys that I could like at least come close to learning what they're doing. But even... I mean, he's taken the Def Leppard stuff and they've, you know, over the years and being in the Def Leppard tribute band thing, trying to learn his parts that he's playing that... You know, he's kind of playing what Steve played, but in his own way. He plays some weird shit, man. He plays it in really weird ways and in weird places. And the solos, you know, I've played stand-up to shout with guys before and trying to learn that solo. Just it's it's very he has his own unique thing that Huh. Uh, so I don't know much a whole whole lot, bunch about guitar, but what do you mean? Is he doing like weird finger placement things? Yeah. Like where you're kind yeah, of like, okay, I gotta put like, my pinky here. And go like right. this. Well, yeah, like there'll be yeah. a chord where you know I could play it where it's only two notes, but he'll play it over three strings, and he has this crazy stretch where you can play it, and he has three notes, and it's like I, I, I my hand don't go like that, you know. <laughs> he just plays really unique things, plays a lot of things on the high strings, and like I said, his solos in this era anyway were just blade. There was really cool little intricate things, and then this blazing fast stuff. I have a hard time learning his guitar solos in this era. The, the, the later stuff, the more melodic stuff I could pull off. But yeah, he has a his he has his own thing, man. Even when you watch him now with the last line, the footage I've seen online, he just plays the stuff almost note for note from the records too. It's, he he knows it, you know. So. Yeah, because I saw him. I saw Def Leppard once actually up in Moline. It was like 2015, I think. Okay, and. Then I did see Last in Line back, I think it was like 2019, and they were mm -hmm. up at this theater, the Arcada in St. Charles. And right. Like the guy that books that place, he'll get bands like that, or and he even had Orianthe earlier this year. And I think he was one of the few places to get Joe Perry on tour. Yeah. When he was doing stuff. So I don't know what that guy does, but he gets like he's everybody. got a niche, like the 80s acts, but yet he gets everybody that comes through. So was Viv cool at both of those? Yeah, like you said, man, there was just something about him where it's like, you know that that dude is a star up there. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And everybody's just like jaws dropped. Like, what? yeah. 
Yeah. Even yeah. with the Def Leppard stuff, it's fun, you know, learning his stuff and watching some of the concert videos. He just saunters across the stage. <laughs> just has this thing. You know, this is like super cool. And he's always been that way. Got any final thoughts on the Holy Diver album? Like I said, as it goes, I can't say as it goes, like Invisible, not my favorite tune. And I, I, actually, strange as that may sound with it not being my favorite tune, it's probably my favorite guitar solo on the record. Oh, wow. Um, the out, out vocal and guitar solo at the end. Because it was that period, too, where nobody really does this anymore, but had the super long fades. I think if you listen to that uh, the new updated mix or whatever, there's a couple songs like maybe Holy Diver, Rainbow in the Dark, where outros are way longer and stuff. It's pretty, yeah. It's pretty cool, man. It's like, but Shame on the Night, it's like this lumber, it's like a lumbering giant is what I wrote. <laughs> it, it's, the, it's just bass and drums, I believe, during the verses, which is just cool. And then there's the outro jam. It almost sounds like three songs is what it sounds like that they just kind of slap together. Yeah. And I, I like your think term there. Um, yeah. And the I don't think there's giant. a real guitar solo uh, in that song, which is interesting, but um, like a, you know, legitimate full on thing. So yeah, the only one that I'm not like in love with on that record is invisible. Other than that, I feel like it's a strong debut album from the and And again, I feel like at that point, if you listen to their story, they were a, a band, all for one, one for all. And, you know, that that can change. Yeah. <laughs> and it did. Did you watch the Dio documentary yeah. yet? Yeah. I haven't watched it yet because it came out last September and it was in theaters and then they put it on Showtime. And I don't yeah. have Showtime. So I thought, well, at this point, I'm going to wait for it to come out on video. It's finally coming out this coming September. Okay. So, yeah, I haven't watched it yet. So, yeah, you got some little more insider stuff than I do, maybe. Well, and there's always been, you know, the the feud between Dio and Viv. Yeah. Uh, it's always been pretty well known. And, you know, if you see the videos and stuff, I don't think they said very many kind things about each other. But, you know, like I said, I you know, I've been in similar situations before, too, where you're in a situation. And it's like when you start, it's like we're all in this together. And then... As you go, you know, one, the manager starts going to the singer, hey, man, you're the star, man. You don't need, and then by the, you know, then you finally, hey, we should probably get a band agreement. Well, you know, and then before you know it, it's just like, he's kind of, everything's him and you have no, you know, that kind of thing is, you know, I've been in situations like that before where it's like it took years to get a contract for a band. And then by the time you get it, it's a junkie contract that, you know, your lawyer looks at and goes, don't ever sign this. You know, it's like wow. originally this was supposed to be a five man split. Now it's five men. But, you know, if four guys want this, but the singer wants this, his vote over, you know, <laughs> his vote overrules the other. It's like, yeah. well, this isn't an equal contract. So I can see from the stories I've heard from Vivian's side anyway, if there's any truth to that, why his ass was chapped a little bit, you know, yeah. for putting in the time and having to or wait going back to your example that you always use when we talk about this like a pizza or something it would be like wait like this would be like the dio 
this is the Dio piece. And then you might have a little sliver for Jimmy Bain. And then you got, well, Vinny Appice, you might have a bigger piece because he goes back to Black Sabbath. But then like Vivian would get like a little triangle. Yeah, but the way it ended up with that band, I believe, is the slice for the three other guys is about that. And the yeah. whole thing was mostly Dio. And I, I get it from his wife's perspective. He was the the name, I guess. You know, I mean, yeah, I think I Jimmy guess... Bain, Jimmy Bain had done stuff, too. But, you know. It, it it is what it is, you know. Um, yeah, didn't obviously. that happen with Ozzy too? Because they were supposed it was to exact- be like Blizzard of Oz yeah. was the band, and then it's exactly the same album. thing, you know, and exactly the same thing that their wife was their manager and uh, <laughs> was like, "You're the star." So maybe that has I who knows, you know, yeah. I I don't know, but and and I could see it from Dio's side too, though, you know, if he loved those guys, yeah. it's hard to lose somebody, you know, and have them talk shit on you, but you know. Don't All dream things. of women as your manager because they'll only bring you down. Exactly. True that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm cheesy. Uh, so, so yeah, that brings us to, I guess, the last in line, second album. Oh, yeah. For me, I always kind of felt like it sounded like a lesser version of Holy Diver. Like it was kind of like Holy Diver, but maybe not as good like a smidge. But yeah. now I think that there's some there's some really fucking cool stuff on there. There's I listen to that like, really good ones. Yeah, like I listened to it almost all day at work. I just left it going in my earbuds. Yeah. And didn't uh, touch my phone for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I put you can tell that they didn't have as much time to write this album. Not as strong as the debut, which is very common I guess in this era just because I mean bands are knocking out like Kiss was the album a year. So it's like when you, you know, yeah. don't have the time, you literally have to shit out an album where that first one, who knows, you know, they, they probably had a little more time. Because what was it, 83? The other album came out 13 months later. So it was just like they had to tour, write an, write an album and record it. So sometimes bands could really pull it off. But I'm with you on this. I feel like they lost a step on this album. There's just a few songs that didn't do it for me. I wrote down the 83 and the 84, like you mentioned, like 13 yeah. months later and how they were touring. I wrote down this and I put Ask Rizzo. And I noticed even before this, it seemed like every year throughout the 70s into 85, bands would put out an album every single year. Yeah. Like you're looking at Kiss. They've had like two in a year. Around 85, like then it became every other year. Do you think that it's because of, I was going to ask you this. Do you think it's because of a contract thing? Or they just were touring longer or something. I just at that think point. that the record labels saw that they could sell just as many records by pushing the band out there to you know, especially once videos came out. I mean, bands could go out on the road for two years and sell out arenas and make a ton of money, and that album would just continue to sell. So rather than having to pay for two records, you only pay for one every couple of years. You oh, know. okay. So that would be my guess. I mean, in, in my mind, you know, especially once, like I said, once the video thing kicked in, I just think they were just like, man, keep them out on the road. This album's still selling, you know, why would we, why would we yeah. pull them off? You know, you start seeing when it's dwindling, then you, Hey man. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that, but yeah, you had a good point there with the MTV. They got longer shelf life with videos. Oh, yeah. Now. yeah. You can put out three, four videos over a nine month period or longer, you know, and every video basically has a tour. So, you know, you go out and pound the pavement again, you know. So, I mean, these yeah. bands toured relentlessly back then, which, I mean, you know, 
a beautiful thing, you know. So then, yeah. So then what songs on this one stood out to you? Every album starts with a banger. So We Rock is another one. I mean, that song, you could tell, like, they were just like, we need a, kind of like Tesla with Coming At You Live. You know, it's like, yeah. this will be our opening song forever. You know, <laughs> it's just a, it's just like a cool live. You, you could tell that's what they wrote it for. This song is going to be played live. Last in line, there's not much, you know, classic intro, the slow intro into the crushing, you know, vocals again. Viv Solo's crazy. The keys on this one, they used them well. They didn't overdo yeah. it, you know, kind of like the rainbow in the dark thing. It's, it's this very, it's not just, ah, you, know? <laughs> you know, as far as a favorite tune on this record. Well, I guess let's go down. Cause I have a few notes because this one, as I went, I had more notes. Cause you know, the last record is like kick ass song, kick ass song. <laughs> this one like breathless. I said, the chorus feels pedestrian for Dio to me. Yeah. The whole song seems kind of paint by numbers if that, you know, uh, compared to the other songs. Now, Dio and the band still kick ass, and I can see why some people might like that song, but just didn't, you know, it just seems phoned in. I speed at night. Uh, the chorus is basic. You know, so I speed at night. I speed at night. I speed at night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but it's effective in this case. Sometimes those kind of choruses are great, um, and it sounds like a band letting it all hang out. So one, what was the next one? One night in the city. Yeah, that's actually one that I was saying. Uh, like I kind of almost wrote off this album a little bit, but that one kind of stood out to me more listening to it today. Yeah. And it's almost got kind of like a doing a story. It wasn't, I don't remember the name, but like Johnny was a, da, yeah, da, or that's something. What I mean. It almost, almost sounds, sounds like, like a that. Bon Jovi tune. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 That's where I was going. It's like a more of a heavy metal uh, thing. Yeah. Kind of like a, like that. And the riffs are super cool, but and I put the lyrics are cheesy. One night in the city, one night looking pretty. <laughs> yeah. I, but I mean, I, it, <laughs> that I put, ugh. <laughs> That's just not, I mean, there's just, the guy writes cool lyrics. That's just such a, you know, it's like, what rhymes the city? Um, <laughs> but the middle eight section is super cool. And the solo has all that delayed stuff. It's, it's that, everything about it is yeah. cool to me, except that chorus. Like I said, yeah. one night in the city, one night looking pretty, one, you know, it's just like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, know, like just, I won't knock it too much for that because the other stuff, like you said, is cool about it. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm nitpicking just because we're doing this, but, you know, as I'm listening, I'm like, oh, you know, I do that with Kiss songs now where I'm just like, man, I loved this when I was a kid, and I still love some of it, but, God, some of the lyrics are cheesy, you know? <laughs> it's just like, my goodness. Uh, so, so if you were listening to this and what you're like fixing your car or changing your oil, you probably wouldn't care about that, but right. now that you're sitting here and you're taking notes, you're more critical. It probably, right. but yeah. I, to be honest, I haven't listened to this record in a long time. But you're probably right. Yeah. Evil Eyes. Uh, I said this one to me seems kind of basic. And I, the repeating chorus again, it's just kind of that. Again, there's, you know, 
I mean, Rainbow in the Dark, he says it over and over, I guess. But yeah. there's some songs where it's effective and the other songs, it just doesn't work for me. Um, the only one actually on this album that really doesn't work a whole lot for me is Mystery. And see, for me, that's I wouldn't say it's top of my list here, but that is the that's the Bon Jovi tune that sh- that they did make a single out of it. And it is like the earlier one, uh, Caught in the Middle. It's the mainstream song on the record yeah it's the yeah, one that but we I can think it's shift to yeah. it is it is weak uh in the sense and it's you know the keys again are used effectively i wouldn't say they were overdone but it is the radio we are going to ship this to radio and chicks are going to love it you know kind of thing <laughs> which i don't think they're that that band yeah no offense but you know they they weren't like the lookers of the Lookers of the bunch, so you know they weren't Bon Jovi, but oh. I, at this era, everybody had that. You know, Kicks had "Don't Close Your Eyes." Yeah, everybody true. had that. You know, got to get the cigarette lighters out or the you know one for the ladies. So yeah, but that, that that's the song for me that is the mainstream tune. It, but it is like you were saying. I listened. I was like, ooh, yeah, this, but. It's the only song on this record that I caught myself singing later. Like it's just, <laughs> it's catchy as hell, you know. And I don't know who wrote. I mean, do you have it on your notes there? Who wrote this one? I'm just curious. Who wrote mystery? If that's yeah. If that's a straight deal song, um, or if that's a I Jimmy actually Bay. didn't. It's still sealed. I didn't. Oh, okay, really take it out. Yeah, I will. Hold on, I'll look it up. I got my phone here. I'm gonna say it was Dio and uh, Jimmy Bain. I feel like this one had quite a few songs written by all of them, but I could be wrong again. Yeah, We Rock was Dio. Last in Line was Bane, Campbell, and Dio. I see Campbell had a lot of them on this one. Yep, Mystery is Dio and Bane. Oh, damn. Which makes sense, because a lot of that rainbow stuff. Eat Your Heart Out, I I dig that song. Yeah. Guitar shreds. Last chorus, there's like this weird part where it just goes down to bass and drums, which is I've never heard before. Hmm. It's like the chorus, and the guitar just goes away. And it's just like, what is that? You know, and then it kicks back in. It's like, oh, that's weird. And it, again, it has the 45 second fade. <laughs> it takes yeah, like, forever to go away. You know, it's just like, oh, quieter, quieter, quieter. I had noticed that before. Every single song in the 80s. Like it does. It ends with this incredibly long fade out. But then once you got to the 90s, they all had a cold ending. Yep. Because I remember years ago, like in radio, we were adding new songs. And so when you're adding stuff into the system, you actually have to put a little thing at the end of the thing. You have to put a little little marker with the beginning, with the intro. Because sometimes DJs will talk over the start of the song. So you need to indicate, okay, how long they have to talk at the start of a song maybe it might be 20 seconds yeah and then you have to put the little marker at the end the outro thing so then the next little thing will go right over it you know yeah. or like the glo like liner or whatever yeah. whatever station you got it'll go pow, 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 get you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. glo blah. but it'll go over that outro so they don't yeah. kind of go out incredibly long so yeah i had to do that so it's like i noticed i'm like man 
I have to yeah. fade this all the way out. So some of them, I just cut it out and did a little fade out on my own and then stuck that thing in there. Yeah. And it's one of the things too, where uh, that, that part of radio drove me nuts back. Cause you know, back when I was younger, we would try and record things off the radio and there was one station. I think they still do it. Maybe in, maybe it's the station in Madison. Shit. I don't remember where it was now, but that was their whole shtick. We don't talk over the songs, you know, cause that's, yeah. I, shit drives me nuts man even to this day and i don't listen to radio very yeah. much but when i do i'm like yeah they the intro is the coolest part you know and um, i don't fucking talking over <laughs> i don't like doing it and even like one of my station bosses was like he goes the music's are like you know our thing so don't interrupt that song because that might be somebody's favorite song yeah so don't mess with the song but i've noticed all the pop stations though they have to get as many songs in as they can so they do they talk over all those things oh my god yeah they do yeah so, <laughs> so but what was your i mean on this record my favorite i mean it might be we rock which is you know yeah completely you know kind of lame to say but it is oh no just... not really cuz that's one that um i didn't really i wasn't like pull up that song on apple music or something right but um, you know, I never had an itch to listen to We Rock, but listen to that so much today. I don't know if I really like the We Rock chorus, but the little pre-chorus thing, I think. I don't yeah. know if that's what it is, where he's like, sing along, da-da-da, where yeah, it kind of goes up. That part's cool. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, Yeah, and they double it at the end. Yeah, it's... it's... I think I gravitate towards that one too. Is there was a live video on MTV, so oh really? It was yeah, it was live, and it was just like God, there's awesome, you know. So and it's just so in your face. That one or I Speed at Night would probably be my my winners on this one. Even though there's some great songs, um, I, and that the last song we didn't even the Egypt song, the chains are on. Yeah, that's just so interesting. It's just different from the rest of the songs the middle breakdown is my favorite part it's probably one of viv's most unique solos on the record i just think he i don't know it's just a it's just an interesting song i don't know it's just not like anything else prior to listening to this and doing this deep dive into these albums like i would put uh the last in line in egypt as my two favorite dio songs cool like, i mean ever that... it actually wasn't until seeing the last in line that Egypt came on my radar. Like when I first got into Dio, I didn't really like this album as much. And I thought it yeah. was just like a lesser sequel. So then if I didn't like the, um, all the songs, I wouldn't hang around till the end to even hear Egypt. Yeah. But then when I saw last in line, I was like, Holy shit, this song's fucking cool. Oh, they play it? it. Yeah. Hearing it live actually hooked me. Oh shit. So, I didn't know yeah. they played that. Yeah. I figured they only played the bangers. Uh, they stuck to like a lot of the uh, first two albums, and that was it. I wouldn't say it's as strong as the first one, but other than yeah. a couple little, like the Breathless thing, it sounded a little pedestrian. There's a couple songs that just, just feel like they didn't have enough time. Yeah. Um, and you can also, the keys are starting to creep in. They're in, in a lot more songs. They're just not as in your face as, as thank goodness, because it would ruin <laughs> some of these, I think. But uh yeah. Uh, um something else too. It almost seems too like Egypt kind of reminds me a lot of that rainbow song, a stargazer. It almost oh, kind of sounds like that. Like it's that. got that thing where it kind of has this breakdown and yeah. then it kind of goes like and ramps back up. Like it almost I got the same that. structure. Yeah. 
I can see that. So yeah. what are your final notes on this one other than, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you said you um, thought it was a lesser version. Do you still feel that? Or are you, are you now last in line as your number one? I like it a lot more than I do, but I don't know where I would rank it or whatever, if I would even rank yeah. it. Like, I didn't think about, I didn't think that. I just kind of thought, well, it's not as, it's not as lesser That's as bad. I thought. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I feel like it's on the same level now. It's an equal yeah, I, follow-up there. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I'll take that. Like I said, for me, like I said, I just felt the one thing we both noticed, I think, is it like they just didn't have enough time. Yeah. And the keys are creeping in. Those are my my two things, which didn't bother me as much in the era because it was part of that era. But as we go here, like I said, we'll we'll get into some more of it. But uh, I found myself liking it less and less. Oh, okay. I think it dates it where... And like I said, we'll get to that later, but like Holy Diver is just a classic just because I feel like a band could come out now with some of these songs and it would, it might sound like dated rock, but they could still pull it off. Some of the tones and keys that came in the later records, man, the minute you hear it, it's like, oh, that's, you know, the snare sound. It's, you can tell it's like late eighties cheese (laughs) dick. (laughs) <laughs> oh man uh, well uh, i'll just i'll just end uh the last in line <laughs> uh with this uh the dio rainbow uh count is up to four now because okay. breathless there was a line there could be hell or rainbows so that's two yep. and then evil eyes he said do you ever think about the way i caught the rainbow with uh-huh. boom, that's three but then there's a rainbow song called catch the rainbow uh-huh. Like referencing that, I know. I, I wondered sometimes is he like throwing that out there as yeah. like a an elbow? <laughs> <laughs> and then Egypt, uh, there's a line rainbows in their eyes. So we're at four now. Yep. All right. So all right. I'm interested to hear what the final count will be. Yeah, there's my little nerd count thing. <laughs> I did. Yeah, he's got he's got his like go tos. Oh yeah, because like, yeah, like ever, Denny I, always said. I think uh, every singer does. Yeah, he always said uh, Steve Perry rhymes fire with desire. And I'm like, oh, shit, Uh-oh. he does. Like, all this home. <laughs> all right, man. Sacred Heart from yep, the, 85. The last Viv record, which if you watch that special, there's a point in there which is I found really interesting can't remember i feel like there's a song in here and i may be i may be not misremembering this but i feel like there's a part in there where they talk about yeah he wanted to leave because you know he didn't want to play songs like whatever you know i can't remember which song it was now but then i looked and it was like something he wrote i was like why that sounds late like yeah he left because you wanted to and it was you know it's one of the cheesier songs i can't remember which ones because and again you're you're in 85 now mid 80s the video boom is in full swing album opener again king of rock and roll i know this was on a live album but i don't think this is the live version i think it's like a kiss live like where yeah. it was recorded in the studio and it's overdubbed with crowd noise it's that formula song number 1 we're going to come out in your face you know which i'm a i'm a big fan of <laughs> Yeah, like I never really noticed that either until going through these in succession. It's always, yeah, it does have yeah. the, the rock 
Yeah, song. every every one, you know, of the first three. Sacred Heart, my notes on this were I really it's a cool mid-tempo song, but the keys are just getting too much for yeah. me at this point. Especially with headphones on or earbuds or whatever. You're like, wow, those keys are like way like they almost you can't even hear the guitar. It's like, holy shit, that's a lot of keys, man. You know, yeah, you gotta... there's even a part too in this song that where it's like, bah! oh, like yeah, this long oh, keyboard. I know, it's just like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> and it's loud. It's like, it almost seemed like that part that, bah! like, almost like, you know, they like somebody just Stand, leaned on yeah. the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, like, oops, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't like ramp up, it's just literally like, ah! um. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, there's, yeah, we'll, there'll be more of that in this record. Another Lie, cool riff, cool song, Vinny, Viv, all of them just are on fire on all these records. So, you know, that's a bummer about listening to these and knowing that that lineup went away because there's something magic about those four guys. And obviously it's proven that way with Last in Line getting together, those three, just musically. But again, the, God darn keys in this song. They're just getting thicker and thicker as the record goes. You know, it's just like, oh boy, there they are. You know, as I listened, I was like, man, yeah, I forgot. And then, like you said, it's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's like too bad they didn't do another one after this together and got rid of the keys. Like if yeah. they had went back to like the first album sound. Rock and roll children. My notes, the first notes are, oh Lord, the keys. We're getting, and I put here, we're getting the House of Lords territory, which is cool, which is cool if you're a House of Lords fan, but you know, or if you're House of Lords, but not really Dio. I don't think the song sucks. I think it's a, it's again, it might be, well, there's a couple of them on this record, but this could be. Um, I felt, think, I think it's a really good song. Like I dig it, even though it is kind of overboardy. Yeah. On the keyboards. I remember the video. I remember all of it, you know, but it, yeah, even with Sacred Heart being like the keyboard stuff too, I feel like that whole first side, the first four songs are like, man, it like comes out swinging though. Yeah, I mean, none of these songs. Well, I shouldn't say none of them. Most of these songs to me are all well written songs and played well. And like I said, it's just there's a new guy <laughs> throwing <laughs> throwing, <laughs> throwing stuff on there and. It was probably exciting because that was big at the time. Yeah. But the mixes on these, it's so keyboard heavy in some parts. Like I said, there's parts of this record. And the next one we'll discuss where I don't even hear the guitars or barely the bass. It's just drums, keys, and, and it's just it just overtakes. And it's a and yeah. that could just be a mix thing. But the songs, it's not a bad song. It's fitting for the times. This one. Yeah, like I said, that's the first thing I heard when I heard it. I was just like, oh, House of Lords. I don't know. <laughs> Greg Jafria, you know. So Hungry for Heaven, the mainstream tune, probably his most mainstream tune that I can think of. And I put catchy as shit, but a little pop metal for Dio. Yeah. Um, and, and it's admittedly, I think I've read this before, but listening to it, it took two listens. I was like, what is that? It's Bob O'Reilly. Really? From the Who. Da, ba, 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 ba. Oh, damn. You know what I'm talking about? The yeah. Who song? Yeah. So, I mean, you're hungry for hell. 
I think I've read somewhere now in the, in the last couple of years that that's what they kind of were like, oh, well, we should take something like that. And they literally took it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, that's the other thing. Every time I hear it, I hear that song when it starts because it starts with that riff. And I'm just like, and it, it the first couple of times I listened for this, I hadn't heard it in a while. It's like, what is that? It's like, I know that's another song. Um, um, I hated it at first, kind of, but now I kind of like it just because I think the lyrics, like, I like bad movies that are so bad that they're good. This you're is hungry almost for so heaven, cheesy. but you need a little hell. Yeah, that is so good. <laughs> like, uh, because it's like there's a line though I wrote down you're a runner, but you're chasing yourself. Yeah, you the hot <laughs> breath on your shoulder. See, I like that. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, oh, uh, again. I wouldn't say it's a horribly written song. It's catchy. That it, I, know, I, think, I think it's so cheesy that it's to... good. It comes back around to be. Oh yeah, like I said, there's one. I think maybe it was. Uh, maybe it was Sacred Heart. He has a line in there that uh, whenever you dream, you're holding the key. It opens a door to let you be free or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote uh, down medi- too. I... It's like meditation book, you know. Um. Yeah, I said that this is like metal with a message. Great thoughts with Jack Handy, but these are like evil thoughts with Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> uh, I love it. So anyway, like the beat of a heart, I put Sludger. And this one, the keys, I think, add a cool thing. That's like, you know, it happens in a yeah. few of their songs. And it's like, I love that when a band kind of like, let's take this old thing we did and kind of, I just thought it was, I, I just like that song. I think it's really interesting and cool tune. It's a class, it's classic deal. Tonight we Yeah, I had said that like I thought the second half was kind of weaker. But like the beat of a heart. Yeah. I was listening to it. I was driving around with Kelly on Sunday and I made her listen to this album. <laughs> and that one kind of stood out to me more because it does. It's got that kind of chuggy, thumpy yeah. thing to it. Yeah. So yeah, it just plods along. It's, it's, it's their thing. If anybody else did that thing, you'd be like, you're doing the Dio thing. <laughs> From like the beat of a heart. If I can read my writing, which I don't know if I can, a tear that never dries can only make you blind and i said that that was the inspirational lyrics on pillows uh um, <laughs> uh from dio that was that was the one i was listening to yeah we got to come out with that like those yeah, signs man, that like with dio. signs that middle-aged women hang on their walls like those inspirational we'll just do it all with dio lyrics yeah shit man <laughs> dude we're sitting on a gold mine uh, or, like the calligraphy so... exactly yeah yeah Live, laugh, love. <laughs> <laughs> Just another day. I mean, no frill, straight ahead rock song. Bane is a solid, it's C solid on this one. Dude, uh, there is that... one that's cool about Just Another Day. Here's the lyric I wrote down. Okay. <laughs> you never sing for pleasure. You only make the sounds. You never feel the magic because you think the world is round. And I was like, so is Dio a flat earther? I, I don't know. I, I heard that too. And I was like, that's so... Maybe you just couldn't come up with another thing to rhyme on that. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, but, and I said Bane is solid on, you know, that's one yeah. of the things that gets lost, I guess, over these. 
as much as I rave on Vivian, I mean, Vinny and Jimmy, I mean, fuck, man. Just what a rhythm section, man. You know, it's almost like, you know, like you said, Ozzy's the original Lee Kerslake and Bob Daisley. Those two guys together were a monster, you know, that rhythm section. And same with these guys. It's just so good. So there's times where I don't mention those guys, but I mean, there's some drum. I mean, I could pick through, there's drum fills. There's, you know, even though I'm not a drummer, sometimes I'm like, holy shit, that was cool. Um, (laughs) So, but that, that one is the only thing I have on that. It's, there's not much to say on that one. Straight ahead rocker fallen angels. I put it's okay song, but it feels this is what I said. It feels like they're losing steam at this point in the record like yeah and i know vivian was probably like i said they were having those issues because i think he left in the middle of this tour oh he did because yeah there was that intermission the little live ep i think it was a thing where vivian was on that then they kind of did the thing with the with the sabbath live album where they kind of turned him down right and then they had the song time to burn and they had the craig goldie guy on that right yeah, I don't know, man. It, but it it just that's what it feels like to me when that song comes up again. Ronnie, sing, I mean, Ronnie could sing anything. His vocals are insane, but it just feels like they're falling apart at the seams, you know. And shoot, shoot. Yeah, yeah. That like, seems like, that like a throwaway. I mean, yeah. it's 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 the only song out of these first three records that I don't listen to. I mean, it is. The lyrics are lame. The chorus just feels unimaginative. I mean, for a guy that writes these really cool rainbow in the dark, and it's just shoot, shoot, <laughs> shoot, shoot. Like, <laughs> and and somebody points a gun at you, say shoot, shoot. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's just saying, don't be afraid. But I'm just like, that's a fucked up thing to tell somebody. Somebody points a gun at me, I tell him, shoot, shoot. You know? <laughs> It it just I don't know, man. That song to me is just the one that I'm just like, just you know, just uh, it's the only one. Even out of the dream, even it's the one out of four where I'm just like, uh. yeah. It seems like the album limps to the like the the end because even yeah. the ones before that had Egypt at the end, and then it yeah. kind of had uh, what was it? Um, Rainbow in the Dark was near the end of yeah. Holy Diver, and then you had Shame on the Night. Yeah. So they kind of ended kind of big or kind of with a longer song. Yeah. And it, I, yeah, I don't know. And I hate saying that, but as I was listening, I listened to these records just like you. I just listened over and over multiple times. And every time I got to that song, I, I actually listened all the way through for this, but I'm just like, I would never listen to this song. I just, yeah. just doesn't seem skip, skip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the guitar also on this album, there's a uh, you know it creeps into the other one, the next one a little bit. But the the guitars at this point were super chorused out. I mean, Rush was doing, everybody was kind of had that guitar sound, so it got thin. The keys were heavy. It was part of the times, but it just feels like the band was getting tired. Yeah, and and they may have been at this point, especially if there was infighting and you know. And when you hear the stories. You know, the Viv, you know, Viv side, Dio side. And then, you know, whether you watch the movie or just see interviews, I mean, Vinny says that kind of what Viv side is kind of the way it went down. Yeah. He just was the squeaky wheel. I'm sure that wasn't, you know, they loved him to death, but I'm sure they didn't want to lose their job. So 
sure there's times where it was just like, ah, let's get this over with, you know? So <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't a fly yeah. on the wall or, you know, but like I said, it just seems like they were falling apart. Three records in like three years too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, not even 83, May of 83, August. So two years. So one came out 83. So the second yeah. one came out two years later. So a little bit over two years later. Yeah. There's a song that they put out around then, Hide in the Rainbow. I think that that should have been on the album. And not well, I don't know that. I don't know if I remember that one. Was um, that a movie soundtrack? Yeah, I think it okay. was on like Iron Eagle or something like that. Wasn't Hungry for Heaven also on there um, on a movie? Uh, Hungry for Heaven. It was like Vision Quest. There you go. I was going to say, I, was, I know that was in a movie too. Yeah, I remember that because my aunt, like when I first was getting vinyl and stuff, like like a decade ago or whatever, yeah. um, she had records in her uh, closet and I was going through them and I was like, I never heard of that before. But then, yeah, that soundtrack's got like Madonna and like Don right. Henley and a Dio on it. So it was like a peak 80s. Yeah. All right. We got my rainbow count. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Sacred Heart, we really only have one on there. In the song Sacred Heart, he says, run along the rainbow. So that's five. But then okay. I added hide in the rainbow for that song. I was like, okay. well, it's technically a song title. It wasn't on the album, but it was like a B-side. It was that era, yeah. Uh, so that puts it at six. Okay. So yeah, that's still a lot lower than I thought. Yeah. now dream evil they took a couple years and the guitar i mean craig goldie like i said i saw them on this tour he's no slouch he's just completely different than than vivian much more precise a little less off the rails some things seem simpler but he's he's just plays less notes but plays the right ones and uh and the guitar tone was way cleaner I, i don't remember this album being it's like the gain got turned down which it's it works in this record and it probably helped with because the, the keyboards are whole nother level on this oh album. man nobody can see this but your eyes got like huge, oh my like god muppet that's eyes just, or oh, you're like whoa yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it's uh and and again this was the one of the i saw this tour i was a huge fan of this period but now listening back it just dates this so bad it fit the time but it is you listen to it now and there are some bitching songs on this yeah. record i will say that you know um and and although i prefer viv as a player i think goldie co-wrote all the songs but one maybe mm-hmm. I, and i put a note on here i don't know what this meant now but i put fire magic <laughs> i think there was some <laughs> lyrics where it was just like i was just like oh god you know yeah My goldie people, yeah i can't remember which one he didn't write but uh, the only one is Naked in the Rain. Otherwise, yeah, he's on every... The who wrote Naked in the Rain? Dio by himself? Or... Yeah, yeah. Wow. But yeah, I know he wrote a, a lot of it, man. That Night night People, I mean, it's a, it's a cool... It's They got away from that banger of an opener, but the keys are really heavy. But it's a good tune. Goldie adds his own thing. And I put the guitars are a little less gained out and simpler than Viv's ripping. Broken, and never let you see them in the day. 
I'm not a guitar player. What do you mean by gained out? Like distortion. Like oh. some guys have a lot. Of, you know, the the real death metal bands have a ton of distortion, so it's super crunchy. You know, oh, okay. buzz saw, <laughs> and he kind of harkens back to you know you take that maybe a little bit more Black Sabbath rainbow sound where it was a little more seventies amp okay. sound. Um, and live, I don't remember that being the case. And I've listened to some live stuff because of this with Goldie. Um, well, that, that Donington thing, I think is him. Yeah. I do that personally. When I record something, I won't use as much gain, but when you get on live stage, sometimes it makes it a little easier or you want to get some feedback, you, you know, instead of putting the gain on five, you put it on six. So you get a little more crunch. Yeah. Um, but when you record, sometimes it helps things separate things if you don't have all that on there. And uh, especially with the keys at this point, they needed, I think, separation. But in it, like I said, his riffing was way simpler and his solos were way more precise. Um, and I think I said not as like Viv sometimes it's like, oh, he's going to mess up. He's going to make us just like, it's like off the rails. <laughs> and there might even be a couple bad notes in there, but it was frantic and kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Goldie doesn't do that at all. Like you can tell he spent time, you know, the guy could do all that tapping. I watched some videos also. I totally forgot. And I'll have to send you, there's a link, I think from the tour I saw where he does the shooting, the thing down. I think it was on MTV. Oh, really? Oh, uh, sure. They were following that tour. And because it was the Megadeth and the sabotage thing. But he, if you watch him in all those videos, he almost has like a Gene Simmons in the early, those black and white videos where like, you know, they're, the first couple tours where he would spread his legs apart and he almost looked like a dragon, you know, Gene wow. would plop, like Goldie totally scams that thing. It's just like, wow. uh, I don't cool. know if knowingly he did it, but it's like, Oh man, that's, he's totally got, he kind of does his head weird, you know, because had a cool thing on stage and I've seen interviews with him and he's like, someday I'll say why. Cause he left after this album, after the tour then he came back for like one album. Then left yeah, the again. whole band is gone. Like this was the right. last with yeah. Craig Goldie or the first and kind of the last in that era. Yeah. Then the last one with Vinny. Yep. And then the last one with Jimmy Bain. And then the last one with Claude Schnell too. So yeah, yeah it was a whole new band. But but he apparently, I've seen interviews where he's just like, I'll, someday I'll tell why I left. Because it's like this shrouded in mystery what happened, you know, kind of thing. I don't know if him and, sounded like him and, Ronnie had a falling out, but they mended fences late. I don't know. It's just really strange. Uh, well, it must not be that bad if he came back later for like Magica or whatever. Well, that's what I mean. Apparently they mended fences and, but you know, it's just one of them things just, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like guys just hold, you know, it's like, just what happened? You know, did you bang his wife? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was know, actually, you know? I was actually thinking that when you said that, I was like, what else I, would it be? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she was the manager because he was uh, he was in Rough Cut. I think she managed them. Hmm. So who knows? Uh, <laughs> there's other stories involved in that band, and yeah. So anyway, uh, Dream Evil. This is uh, and and now after doing all this, I did some reading. My notes were Man on the Silver Mountain. Dun, oh dun, really? Dun, 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 dun. I'm just like or Smoke on the Water. You can tell it's inspired by that.
love the chorus. I think it's trippy, especially that dreamy. Oh, that, that one part where it gets all dark. Um, very key heavy again, though. The guitar solo is well played and interesting. His solos have themes, which I'm I'm kind of the same way. Like he'll play something one, and then later on he'll play the same thing, but in a different, like same pattern. <laughs> then he'll play something else, and then play it. And it's like I love I love that kind of stuff. Where Vivians were completely, it sounds like they were just like go, and he just went. <laughs> where these sound like they were worked out ahead of time, and he played some, you know, just really interesting. Well played, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Those this... are my notes on that. And then, but what I was gonna yeah. say is, I read about it, and when they did this album, the whole vibe when he came in, he was a huge Rainbow fan, and they decided to kind of do that more Deep Purple Rainbow oh. style okay, thing. Cool. It was a conscious thing, which I didn't realize because I was, I was like, God damn, that's a straight up Rainbow thing or Deep mm-hmm. Purple thing. And now reading and reading back, it's like, oh well, they meant they meant for it to be like that. <laughs> this would be my favorite Dio album if it wasn't for all the keyboards, because it does kind of like I don't know, kind of kind of weaken some of the yeah, or like some the turn in the punch bowl, like you would say or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit pusses it out a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Is that PC? But yeah, I think the songs on this actually there's a couple we'll get to, but uh, Sunset Superman, the main riff is. Cool. Again, my notes on all of them. Every one of these songs is probably going to be the keys are just too heavy. This is one I think where there were parts where it was like I can't even hear the guitar. Yeah, it's not like it's not like a straight up we will rock you, but it's got that kind of doom doom like a yeah. stomp thing to it. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's just a cool song. And then my, it's probably my favorite song on this record. All the fools sailed away, which I didn't realize until we did this. I went and looked. There's there was a video for this song, which. I had no idea there was a video for it, it was oh, on MTV, huh. but I just think the intro is incredible. Ronnie's vocals, the lyrics are beautiful. look at all the records and even the the keyboards are interesting because i think this is the one there's like a keyboard yeah solo and they talk about that in the funny thing is i wrote keyboards are interesting epic and the interview i read he said how they were going for that rainbow thing and that's why that keyboard solo is in there oh okay said because deep purple and rainbow did that shit all the time so they were like this would be a cool song to have like a weird and it's cool because it's not a typical cheesy it's almost that it almost sounds like a carnival thing that that weird little and and then he said it's probably the most epic song we ever wrote and i wrote epic you know (laughs) so it's probably my favorite song on the record it's not the crusher it's the ballad of all but man it's just a cool interesting song and even the keyboards i can hang in this song just because it's not that (laughs) you know it's not the jump 
it's almost like a B3, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that I don't like jump. It's not one of my favorite Van Halen songs, mm-hmm. but that keyboard sound in that song is what I'm talking about. It was omnipresent from 84 to 88. Because <laughs> everybody like pick must have picked that patch, you know, every Bon Jovi song, you know, they all had that thing. And uh, yeah, it just was not my, my favorite what, uh, on these first few songs. I mean, do you have any notes on any of these? My favorite on here is all the fools sailed away, but I said, yes, yeah, sunset Superman is fucking cool. Dream evil. Like, I don't know. That's the tile track. I think it's cool. And yeah, I like all those songs. Like the whole like first like side is just kind of like I said with like Sacred Heart. It just seems to come out swinging. Yeah, yeah. Naked in the rain. I put the, the guitars are buried by the keys. I'd love this song. It'd be one of my favorites if it was more raw. And this solo actually sounds like he's like, like Dio said, sound like Vivian. Because <laughs> oh. this one literally, I was just like, did Vivian play that solo? Because it's there. There's it's a little probably the most frantic thing i can think of that sounds off the cuff i thought it was cool like like we both listened to the donnington 87 like album and i thought it was cool that they actually did that one on there because yeah i would have thought they would have yeah focused on like the singles and stuff for the tour but then they threw in kind of i guess a deep cut in naked in the rain so i thought that was yeah. cool I'd be interested to pull up on set list to see if there's somebody has a set list from that show i went to and i know they did dream evil and night people I'm sure they did all the fool sailed away because that was the yeah. and they did I could have been a dreamer yeah naked in the rain overlove I put Dio does Van Halen I mean oh, that that's riff. one that never really like stood out much to me but yeah. going back listening to it now it's got like this isn't that the one with the bluesy little intro <laughs> yeah yeah and then it yeah, has that cool. Van Halen kind of riff. needed a little more muscles on the guitars that intro thing i don't know that that's something vivian that's completely different school of thought than vivian's thing to me yeah yeah because vivian was more almost like shredding yeah kind of or more finesse but this is yeah like i said this is just like a a different era yeah it was really it's really cool and a little out of left field for the for most of the deal stuff but it works yeah i could have been a dreamer this to me maybe is the mainstream song that I was saying is on every yeah. record. And I think this song, I have a soft spot because this is why I got the cassette. So I think this is the first one or I think it maybe bought this first, then sacred heart. I kind of went backwards and I just remember it being on MTV. The keys do overpower the chorus. I'm not even sure if the guitars are there to be honest, but I just have a soft spot for it because it was just on MTV all the time. I just remember seeing it being like, oh, Dio, <laughs> check out that guy, you know. Came across this a couple months ago, like an actual like single of that. Oh, that's cool. It's like the A side is the B side, so it's just the same song on either side. But... Oh, that's interesting choice. Faces in the window. I don't really have I... much to say on that one. See, that's the one that I think should have been the album opener. Oh, really? Because it's the it's Oh, more ramped up like we rock, yeah. kind of like a a face melter. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I did write in here though. It's the rest of this record. It's kind of the same thing. It lacks that in your face thing. 
that most of the records did from this period. Like I said, it has the snare, you know, the, just all the sounds are of the time. But I really like it, and I feel like it's, yeah, the it's the one that should have been the, it's the hit hard-hitting one. Where Night People, I mean, I guess Night People it is a, so it's it's a little bit but the chorus just just it just doesn't it's not we rock you know king of rock and roll it doesn't have that thing you know where faces in the window i feel like had a little bit more of that so when a woman cries my least favorite song on the album feels a bit paint by numbers at points to me and I think that might be, yeah, that's the one. That's why I wrote that. I said, when a woman cries, because and the outro, do, da, do, 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 and he goes, fire, do, do, magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, please, you know, I don't know. <laughs> that's what that note was. Now I'm remembering, because I'm like, there's a bunch of lyrics in that one that I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm going to say it like I said it. Multiple times now, those guys could play a complete <laughs> shit song written by somebody else and make it sound cool because they all play really well. And I yeah, mean, it's just and Dio's voice sounds awesome. It's just kind of like that shoot shoot. It's just like some of the lyrics are they just don't do nothing for me. <laughs> yeah, skip. <laughs> what skip. was your note on that one? Um, Favorite song on the record? <laughs> oh no no no! Like I feel like this does kind of even though I said it's an awesome <laughs> record, it does kind of wind down at the end. Uh, too yeah. so so maybe it's the sequencing thing like yeah um, and and, and maybe i mean how many i mean we're talking what one two three so nine on the first record nine on the second nine on that one and that's well, only nine I, I thought for some reason it was 10 or 11 maybe they were running up but yeah i guess they had to fit it on cassettes or whatever back then but like i said i went chronologically backwards i got into them on dream evil and went backwards and now listening all of it, I I'm, I remembered all of it, and cranking up my car was great. But I leaned towards the first two for sure, yeah. Just because again, they're timeless to me. Where some of that stuff, like the Dream Evil, sounds of the the era, you know, which isn't always a bad thing. I mean, Bon Jovi sounds like that sometimes too, but that is their classic sound. I don't think that's Dio's classic sound. <laughs> yeah. I know some of my friends, they pan the, the dream evil when it got to that period. They were they were already out, you know, kind of like people that jumped, you know, jumped off Metallica. And when they did the Black Album, it was kind of like I know people that for the dream yeah. evil's the Black Album for them. It's like, oh, OK. Now. Or probably like Juice Priest and like Turbo. That was around yeah. the same time, too, with the keyboard. Exactly. That's what I mean. It was of the time. So yeah. it makes sense. And uh, I've listened to that album recently just because somebody told me I should check it out again because it was never at the top and it's still not my favorite but but that all goes back to two some people love keys just like some people me and me and denny have had this conversation i don't think he's a horn guy he really doesn't like horns i'm gonna say that's one of the reasons i don't i don't listen to bruce Springsteen more because the minute the sax kicks in i'm just like I'm done. I just, I don't, I'm the same way. I just, I'm out. So not even like, uh, like the Thunderdome song. We don't need another hero. (laughs) My wife loves that stuff, but yeah, that's with the saxophone man for some pop. I think maybe it works, but it's kind of, 
I don't know. Just any of that in rock. Just if it's in the whole band, you don't like it. But maybe if they use it like in a solo or something here and there. I don't know. I just the minute a, any any kind of horn pops. I think the mm. only song I like. Uh, there's a song by Stone Temple Pilots called Adhesive. Yeah. And there's like a trumpet that's like, but it almost sounds like a voice. Yeah. If it's straight up trumpet, like Chicago or some shit, I'm just like, not really down. Dude, after we're done here, I'm just going to blow up your phone with saxophone. (laughs) So, and and it's, it's a, you know, there's a bunch of, I can't really think of any off the top of my head, but that's one of the main reasons. Uh, tons of my friends love Springsteen and I love like Rosalita old Springsteen but yeah just some of that just it's just too much for me I just I don't know what it, it's like the pineapple on pizza thing it yeah just does it, the the sax is pineapple it's just yeah. uh, not supposed to be there <laughs> <laughs> oh man see there we go every time we do this the yep uh, it's, it's it's gonna be the, the thing so up. Hey, and also, did we get to any rainbows in Dream Evil? We didn't. What are we? Oh, we're up to so, five. Well, we were at six. Oh, six. That's right, because the 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 single. Um, yeah, because I counted uh, hiding the rainbow. But Dream Evil, it was kind of disappointing. It only had two. Oh, really? Uh, Don't go to the edge of rainbows was in the song Dream Evil, and then I could have been a dreamer. He said, "I've heard about a rainbow. I've heard it makes you crazy," and that's the second one. So it's eight. Okay. That's Eight? it. Yeah. So so I was huh. a little disappointed, but I mean Yeah, that's interesting. Well, thank you, man. This was awesome. Thank you. No for... problem, man. Well, I was gonna see if you wanted to come back and maybe do another one, Killing the Dragon and Lock Up the Wolves and Strange Highways. Because I love Strange Highways. Who, who was I... on Strange Highways? Is that uh it was Tracy G. It was Tracy G. And Jeff Pilson and Vinny Apice. And I feel like I could I could talk a lot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, if you want to do it, we can. You tell me which ones you want to cover. There, I, I don't really, I can't say I'm even familiar with the later Craig Goldie stuff. I just know that Killing the Dragon. Well, and I'm partial too, just because I love Doug Aldrich. I think he's a monster player. Yeah. But that Lock Up the Wolves is still to me, even though people think I'm nuts. I I love that record, man. I, I actually like it too. We've already went quite a ways for this one. So that's yeah. why I was maybe being selfish. And I'm no, like, no, that's cool. If you want to do it I sometime. feel like Lock Up the Wolves and Strange Highways and Killing the Dragon, we could get another hour out of that. Oh, almost. totally. Yeah, I'm down so, with that. Because Lock was Up the logic. Wolves opens yeah. with Wild One. That's back to that. That whole, it's back to, it literally is yeah. like, let's go back to Last in Line. <laughs> Well, I'll just say, like, I don't want to give away too much, but like when I was getting into Dio, um, all of these were already out. Yeah. So I kind of maybe didn't go in any order. I was just going from whatever this guy that I worked with gave me. Right. And Lock Up the Wolves was like, right away, I was like taken with that one. Like, fuck, this rocks. Yeah. And then I kind of went back and I thought some of the 80s stuff was kind of like, eh. But then I yeah. kind of, I kind of like... I appreciated it, and then I gravitate to that more now. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, those lock up the wolves really like, I don't know, kind of hooked me. Yeah, man, you let me know. You know, we'll find a time to do those three, and I'm down, man. But uh, awesome, yes, cool, yes, because I love, I love those other ones. Hopefully, people give a shit about what I say. <laughs>
I think they will. Like you bring you bring the technical stuff, like you said. Like uh, I don't have all this guitar knowledge, but well, like I said, my my take is definitely guitar heavy. But again, in saying some of that stuff, like I said, man, the whole band and Dio had a magic way, kind of like Ozzy. Like he never had. I don't, you know. Again, Tracy G wasn't my favorite, but Jeff Pill, all the musicians, Simon Wright on that. Every drummer he's had has been badass. He yeah. hasn't had a, you know, mo, you know. I mean, Doug Aldrich, Craig Goldie, Vivian Campbell, Rowan. I mean, every guitar player is a monster. Jimmy Bain. He just always had great bands, man. Guy never sucked all the way to the end. You got to watch that documentary, though. Oh, yeah. I got it pre-ordered already. But even my wife watched it and she was interested in it. So, Oh, uh, cool, cool. Yeah, even if you're not a fan, it's an interesting story. Like maybe we could do it. After I finally watched the documentary, because then we'll yeah. have maybe that to talk about and then the other record cool. so kind of smash it together. That's fine with me, man. Um, all right, cool, know. man. Um, all right, well, thank you. Thank you. So all right, man. This. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Have a good <laughs> See one. See you. Take care.